0: What's
1: up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. This is the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. We're going to start off with the biggest news of the night. The Los Angeles Lakers somehow put it together and beat the Warriors tonight. And I say that's the biggest news of the night. The Grizzlies took care of business. We thought we knew that the Grizzlies, I we knew, yeah, we knew the Grizzlies were going to beat the Magic <laughs> needed the Lakers to beat the Warriors in order for the Grizzlies to move into the two seeds. So as of just a few moments ago, the Grizzlies are officially in second place, second best record in basketball, second best rest- – or second seed in the Western Conference. And, I like, I got to be honest, man, I'm going to talk about this game tonight a little bit, but I th- there's something for me that's a little more pressing that I, I want to get into. But, you know, big game – like the the Grizzlies at home favored by a, a wide margin. Isaac <laughs> and I were talking about it yesterday last night a little bit. The Grizzlies were favored by like what is, what didn't what is it what was the final line. Yeah. 16? Yeah, and, yeah that's, and that, 16. And that's just nuts. They covered. They covered, but a 16 point spread in the NBA is just almost unheard of, man. It's you know, you see a, a 11, 12, you know, and it's generally yeah. a half point, right? Like but I was like, dude, they're just trying to get teams to bet against the Grizzlies at this point. They covered, so if you bet on the Grizzlies, you're in good shape. Uh, The best thing about this game tonight was the fact that almost none of the starters had to play in the fourth quarter. or It was very limited minutes in the fourth quarter for the starters because this game was out of control. And that's used The Grizzlies play tomorrow night at Houston. So, they're either traveling tonight after the game or first thing in the morning to Houston. I would think they'd do it tonight. Oh, they're you know, definitely, what, they're why, definitely why going they tonight. Wins. But, you know, it, it's uh, you wanted to see your guys rested. John Morant was asked about uh, the back-to-back going up against a team that you're favored by double digits. And he's like, it's not easy. He's like, you can be favored by double digits, and this is not word for word, but you can be favored by double digits all you want. These are still NBA players. So you yeah. got to go out there. You got go to go out and You got to be ready to go. Grizzlies done that tonight against the Magic. We hope that they do that tomorrow night against the Rockets. Man, Desmond Bain, after that, you know, he had a good fourth quarter in that Boston game, came out tonight, 10 for 15 from the field, three threes, 24 points, looking like Desmond Bain. Kyle Anderson, we talked about that on the last show and how he's sort of looking like himself. He comes out tonight and, you know, just has a Kyle Anderson line, 9.6 rebounds, one assist, one still playing winning basketball. That's what Kyle Anderson does. It's a good time to be hitting your stride for this team. I just wonder what it's going to look like when Dylan gets back in this rotation.
0: Yeah, um, you hit, hit on a lot of stuff there. The Lakers, bet, definitely a, a big night for the Grizzlies. I mean, you get big Grizzlies victory, which you expected. And I think the big thing out of this, and I said this coming into the game, was you hope to have extended garbage time in, in, in the fourth quarter. And I think Taylor Jenkins kind of stayed with the rotation guys a little bit longer probably than I even would have. Uh, but they still end up, you just look down the box score here, John Morant with the most minutes of the starters, and he only played 28, 24 for Desmond Bain. 22 for Zion Williams, 25 for Sharon Jackson Jr., and 23 for, for Adams. Um, and, and that's what you want to see on the back-to-back because they're leaving straight from the arena, flying to Houston, and another big number tomorrow night. Man, Grizz is our 11-point favorite. It opened at 11. That's a pretty big number on the road, even against uh, a Rockets team that's that's really struggled this year. And as Josh said tonight, like you have to come out and play against these teams. But we saw in the first quarter Orlando wasn't backing down in this game and Taylor Jenkins wasn't happy. Uh, he said in a huddle, he kind of challenged them at the end of the first quarter, said, man, we got to do better than this defensively. Uh, and they answered the bell. He talked about cycles turning defense into offense. And, and from that second quarter on, that's, that's pretty much what we saw the rest of the game. Uh, but, but you have to come out and play well. I mean, you you talk about this Houston Rockets team. They're at home waiting for the Grizzlies. They didn't play tonight. They haven't played since last night. Really, really young team. So you know they're going to come out and, and play hard, even though they're not winning games. They have talent on their team. Young talent. Guys like, Jalen Green, uh Jason Tate, uh Kristen Wood. They have guys that can can really play on their team. So you got to go out there and play well. But I mean, it's a game, again, double is your favorite, a game that the Grizzlies, Grizzlies should win. But big night tonight, man, from Morant and Bain, you're your two guys that you really want to see. 49 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, uh, one still between them, six of twelve from three combined from from two guys. Ja came out really, really hot from three. Uh Ja was four seven from the free throw line tonight. Uh Bain one of one. And Bain kind of started – you know he's been in, in a struggle. He's been going back prior to the All-Star break. He had been really kind of struggling to shoot the basketball, and that continued coming out of the break. But you kind of saw him in a Boston game, especially there in the second half, kind of come out of that, and he really, really broke out of his shell tonight, man. He looked all the way back. So a big, big game for, for Desmond Bain, and that's good to see because they do need that from him. Uh, one of this teams, Achilles Hills, is shooting the basketball from, from three, um, and he's their main guy. That, especially without Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks will add to that uh, when, when he comes back, but you, you need Desmond Bain knocking down shots, and he was really able to do that tonight. Uh, what do you say? Knocked down uh, three or three. six from three, as I mm-hmm. said uh, a minute ago, and I mean, even at mid-range, he had it all going. He had threes going to mid-range and getting to the basket, uh, and, and that's one thing that he's really I think gets on the soul about his improvements is why, how he takes the rebound, man, just goes full speed to the basket, man. That's been really a weapon him this year man you saw that back on full display tonight as well so really really good to see Desmond Bain back and this was a game that again 16 point favorite the Grizzlies we've seen in years past where they've struggled in games like this they haven't really taken care of business when, when they're supposed to but that's something that this team this year has really done for the most part we saw that loss to Portland before the all-star break and then you lost to Minnesota but I think Minnesota on the road is that's not a,
1: that's a, not a bad game loss, like yeah
0: not, not bad yeah. loss at all like it, it kind of feels like that because if, if we had got to the point where I think we had got spoiled, where they were just winning every game, and anytime if they lost to anybody, it just felt kind of weird. But they pretty much taking care of business against bad teams this year. I mean, they, they were able to do that tonight on the home floor, and again, get to save the legs a little bit. Nobody played thirty minutes tonight, so man, that's what you want to see going to another game, especially a little bit early, six p.m. tip, not a seven p.m. tip, so losing an hour there. So it's, that's a that's a that's a real back to back. So it's good not to see guys have to play thirty minutes tonight.
1: Yeah, for sure. You mentioned uh, Jalen Green in there. You could see the game slowing down for him. Uh, he, he had some struggles early in the season, and a lot of rookies do. You know, Not everybody hits the ground running. Not that he was playing terrible, but there were things that you could see, and it was very clear that he was a rookie. And as of late, he's been playing a lot better. Again, yeah. it's still a game. The Grizzlies should win. They should win it handily. But you, I, I think Brevin says it best, you can't cheat the game. You can't go in there and be half-hearted about it and expect to win. These are NBA teams. And it's uh we're, we're looking at what the Grizzlies could possibly do. And and you and I have talked about the single season record for wins, you know, wins in a season. They they've got to go. What is like fourteen and four? I think in their remaining fourteen four game.
0: now. After the night is thirteen and four Thir- now.
1: Thirteen and four, which is not impossible. Not not at all. There, there's some games in there where you know it's it, they're going to be tough. They've got a game at home. The last game of the season is at home against Boston. We saw how that matchup went in Boston. Not that Boston is not beatable. They definitely are. This team should be healthy by the time they get to that game. But the they have a, a legitimate chance. If you go and you look at the the schedule, I think, what, the next eight in a row, they're going to go in yeah. as favorites. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be 100%. favored in these games. And so the Grizzlies need to just take care of business. I, this game, great game by the Grizzlies. Is there anything, before we move on, and, and I know generally we do post games, we cover the games, we break stuff down. There were a lot of good things that you can talk about tonight. But there's something, there's a conversation that's been rumbling around on on Twitter, and I know we, we mentioned Twitter on the show quite a bit, but that's the connection to the fan base. A lot of people get on there, a lot of fans get on there and talk, and so that's where you get a good feel of what the fan base is thinking, and there's a specific subject rolling around on Twitter right now that I want to discuss, and I'm glad you're here with me tonight so we can talk about it back and forth. And I want to get your thoughts on it. But before we move on to that, is there anything else on this game that you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, I mean, a couple things. Right? Really nice night for the bench tonight. 50 points off the bench uh, for the Grizzlies tonight. And that's really, really good to see it again. That kind of goes in part to, to the short minutes to trying to rest guys and, and get guys off their feet for the back-to-back. But some big performances off the bench, man. Brandon Clark with a really nice night. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, 4-6 from the floor uh, in 20 minutes, a plus 17 off the bench. Uh, Kyle is as Brevin and Pete say a full Kyle game tonight. Nine rebounds, nine point six uh, 9.6 rebounds and assists. Still four six from the field. Super efficient. Did knock down a three. Eighteen minutes, plus thirteen. Um, you also had Tyus Jones with fourteen points off the bench. Rebound, two assists, five or nine from the floor. Knocked down three threes. And I love his aggressiveness from downtown as of late, man. He's been taking them and making them, um, and, and he's earning himself a lot of money. I put that on out, out on Twitter early in the game and. He might price himself out of out of the Grizzlies' plans, but I mean, he's earned himself a lot of money showing that he can knock down those threes, and he's been really doing that at a really really good clip, especially of late. Um, he played 19 minutes, plus 19. Is that? I think that's the highest on the team. Yeah, plus 19, highest on the team for Tyus Jones tonight. Um, Contra with a crazy line: two points, 11 rebounds, three assists. <laughs> I mean, he's doing what he does, and that De'Athamie yeah. Melton tonight, man, just all over: nine points, four rebounds, four assists. Three steals, a block, four of eight from the field, knocked down three, 24 minutes plus 13. So 50 points, man, really, really big production all around from the from the bench tonight. And on, on your last point, and I, I put out prior to this game, you kind of look at those next eight games and even maybe even beyond that. But uh, after the, the eight-game mark, it would be the Nets at home. And you could be favored in that game. I mean, I think there's a possibility that you'll be a slight favorite in that one as well. But if they're going to reach these lofty goals of, Breaking the franchise record, you have to get to 56 wins or break that. It was 56 uh, back in 2013. Uh, if you got to break that record, then now they'd have to go 13 and four. And I mean, that sounds kind of daunting, but if you win, they've won one. So if you win the next seven, that goes down, you'll be, you need to go six and four. That sounds a lot, a lot easier. And if, I mean, you think in 10 games with the way this team has been playing, you think they go six and four. So, they got an opportunity to do that, and now have moved officially moved into second place in the West. And if you want to maintain that, you got to get on a run here, man. And I think they have the games to do it, man. They just got to continue to go out and take care of business. And so far, so good, man. They did definitely did that tonight.
1: Yeah. Yep. For sure, man. I the, these games used to scare me. You you hear the term trap, and the Grizzlies would fall into it. This team this year is different. John Rand is playing at an insane level, significantly higher than what he was playing last year when they got to the playoffs. Desmond Bain is playing. he struggled lately, turned it back on, had a great game tonight, but he's playing at a higher level than what he was last season. Jaron Jackson Jr. playing at a higher level than what he was last season. Steven Adams taking over for JV. There's a, a disconnect between some, some folks, they say, There's still people that are on the JV train. I was part of that JV train early on in the season when Steven Adams was not playing well. I'm like, if JV was on this team right now, they would have more wins. That is no longer the case. That stopped about 20 games into the season when everything started to click for Steven Adams, and you see him just become this passing savant, man. He, He has been... Incredible, the dribble handoff chemistry between him and Desmond Bain, the the way that he can, you know, read a guy coming off of a cut and hit him going to the basket in stride, he's been phenomenal. You don't expect when when you make that trade, you know for certain, zero doubt that you are not going to get 20 and 10 from Stephen Adams every night. That's not his game. It's never been his game. It's never going to be his game. Not that he's not capable at some point of having a game like that but it's not going to be consistently like that with JV. What you wanted from him is an improvement on the defensive end. And you're getting that. He he bought in to this team concept of getting out and running. So when he grabs the board or when he grabs the ball out of the net, he's looking up the floor immediately trying to push it. And that's something you were not getting from JV. So it, th- there's so many things that are happening with this team right now That they didn't have last year. This team against the top teams in the West last year, there were a lot of teams they would have struggled with. I don't think that's the case this year. What I want to do, I want to run down right now, the Grizzlies are in the two seed. So I would say, almost worst case scenario, they're going to finish sixth at at worst. They're going to be somewhere between two and six. So between two and six, you look at, the teams that they could possibly match up with in there. And there's nobody, there is literally nobody that they can match up with in the first round that people should be scared of. And yet we're having these conversations about, Oh, I don't want Dallas in the first round. I don't want the nuggets in the first round. (laughs) I I don't want the Timberwolves in the first round. It's it's bullshit, man. Like there's no reason for that at all. So, I want to run through these teams it, so we can throw Golden State in there. It's, it's extremely unlikely that you get a Grizzlies-Golden State matchup in the first round. Yeah, it would have to be. It would have it, something it weird wild, Like, Yeah, it would, would have to be craziness to
0: have, in order for that to happen. But
1: but you look at the, the possible matchups from two, two to six is where the Grizzlies are going to set. So, you're looking at Utah, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans; those are the those are the seven teams that the Grizzlies could possibly match up against in the first round. And we can start at the bottom. Let's start at ten right now. That's where the Pelicans are, and the depending on how the play in goes, one team plays the you know the two seed, one team plays the one seed. So we'll start with the Pelicans. The Grizzlies just beat the Pelicans. Without Dylan Brooks, there's they've been playing better. The, the Pelicans are on a win streak. They've won, yeah, four, they won in four in a row, six and four in their last ten. C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram are playing fantastic off of each other. There, there are a lot of positive things going on in New Orleans, but in a seven-game series, they, they don't have it. They have one of the best wing defenders in the league already. He's a rookie in Herb Jones. He was SEC Defensive Player of the Year, had a lot of concerns about how is he going to score in the league. That has not been a problem. He's not called on the score, but he scored in double figures multiple times this year. Hasn't been an issue for him. So my guess is he's your primary Ja Morant defender. Then who who do they have that's going to mash up against Jaron Jackson Jr.? You you don't have like you don't have another defensive guy that's gonna match you up against Jaron. Then you're gonna have a healthy Dylan Brooks. Who's gonna match up against him? You've got to try to hide CJ McCollum somewhere because he is a subpar defender. So w- where are you where are you moving him to? You put him, in, him on Desmond Bain. Where's that gonna go defensively outside of Herb Jones? The Pelicans don't have an answer. We know that JV is not. He is a fantastic drop defender big. He plays good team defense, but he's not a true rim, rim protector. We've witnessed that here in Memphis. So the Grizzlies bread and butter. We talk, I talked about this with Candace on the, the last show. They get out in transition. They score points in the paint. The Pelicans don't have anybody that, that you fear going into the paint. Is there anything about this Pelicans team that scares you in a matchup? Or is there anything that I missed there that you would throw in that would be of any concern going into a matchup? If they do match up with the Pelicans in the first round.
0: Well, I mean, I guess you throw this in there. I mean, here's some talk that, that uh, Zion is is coming back with the team. He's been working out in Portland that he could come back. Like I, I mean, even if he does, like, what is he going to look like? I'm, I'm not really concerned about that. But outside of that, man, no, not at all. I think John Morant way to get to the rim at will against this team. They, Like you said, man, J.V. is not a guy that's going to protect the rim. I, I, I mean, I, and C.J. McCollum has been known as the Grizz Killer. There's even been – and even today, like I, I talked about the game and, and what I was talking about earlier about winning eight in a row. And I had someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, was like, well, uh, well the only game – one of those games that scares me in that eight is the Pelicans game. Because CJ's been CJ McCollum's been going off. I was like, CJ McCollum had 30 points, six rebounds, seven assists in the last mm-hmm. win in, in New Orleans. And the Grizzlies won by double digits. Like, I'm not scared of CJ McCollum. Uh, Cause I mean, what he, he's gonna put up numbers, but he's gonna give up, also give up points on the other end, because he's not gonna do anything defensively. The Pelicans don't scare me at all. Like, I mean, that's I, I really do think the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies messed up with the Pelicans in the first round. It wouldn't shock me if they swept them. I think they win in five. They could win in five, but if they swept them, that wouldn't be a surprise. I just don't think they have an answer for a lot of things that the Grizzlies do because, again, I think John Moran could, could kind of get score well will against that team. I just don't think they have the paint defense to stop him. And I think that's that's the biggest issue with the Grizzlies. If they run into a team that can kind of blitz them and, and shut the paint down and, and make it hard for them and force them to shoot from the perimeter, I think that's kind of what could cause the Grizz problems, and I don't think the Pelicans can do that at all.
1: I agree with you. There's, if Zion does happen to come back, he's just now transitioning to weight bearing activity. And I can tell you, I, I worked in a rehab facility. When you go from non-weight bearing onto a foot to weight bearing, there's generally a two to three week transition before your full weight bearing. When you start weight bearing on the foot, uh, it, it's usually you're doing like 30%. So you still have a crutch or you still have something. So you're not going full weight bearing on there. And he may be full weight bearing at this point, but he's still got to get into game shape. He's been out with this injury all year. I just don't see any way that he's able to get into game shape to be able to make an impact. If he's back and he's healthy, it's a different story I still think the Grizzlies win that series yeah. but things get a lot tougher if he's back and he's healthy I just don't think that he's gonna be back and in enough game shape to be the impact player that he is I, I,
0: don't I, don't, I, I was gonna say I be I'd be surprised if he actually comes back I know they're saying that but I don't
1: why, I, why being risky.
0: Back doesn't mean yeah I, I just don't I don't think he's gonna play this year I know that there's kind of some thought that now that he's back with the team, he's been working out in Portland, now he's back and he might be able to work his way back. I, w- I would be surprised if he ends up playing.
1: I think long-term for the Pelicans, it's best that he doesn't. If he's healthy, obviously let it rip. But I, I don't know. I, to me, I would rather be more on the cautious side. The odds of you winning the championship this year are very, very slim. So let him get healthy, come back next year with CJ and Bi and Zion, and see what this team is capable of. I think this team will be better next year than what they were, what they have been this year. But rushing Zion back with his history is not a smart move. So we'll move up the board right now. After uh, where the Lakers are in the nine spot, and hopefully they can stay there. That that's that's it. That you basically (laughs) summed it up. They have looked old. The team construction is garbage. They have basically no shooters on that team. The roster construction is so important. You have two guys in LeBron James and Russell Westbrook that can get downhill, that can attack the paint, and they're good passers for the most part. That's questionable with Westbrook, but they're playmakers. And then you have a team around them and there's not many shooters. You've got Malik Monk, and then Austin Reeves comes out of nowhere because he's another shooter on this team. There's just not enough depth there. I know it's LeBron James. I know you know, we saw tonight what he's still capable yeah. of. Uh, yeah. But it's it's still another thing of rim protection. They've got Dwight Howard that's on the bench. He He does play. He's a rotation guy but Dwight Howard is a, a skeleton of his old self. He's not the Dwight Howard, even going back to when they won the championship in the bubble. He's not that guy. And we don't know, has AD been rolled out completely for the rest of the season at this point?
0: No, they, I, I think their the initial prognosis was like six weeks. So it would take him, it would be mid to late April before I think he could, he could come back. But you talk about that Lakers team, the, the roster construction, what they did is basically they just essentially just signed whoever they could get for cheap contracts. Um, and they've been missing Kendrick Nunn. I saw, I think, something today that said that he could be evaluated within a week, so maybe they get him back. I think that would help. But that team, there, like you said, they're old. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of names on that team. When you talk about LeBron James, of course, he's still awesome. Uh, you got Carmelo Anthony, you talk about Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, some of those guys, but uh, again, man, they're just old. I think with the way the Grizzlies play, I think they could just run those guys out of the Tonight is a perfect example of why you could get in the series and they might win one game. LeBron might go nuclear because it took him 56 points in order for them to he yeah. out that win tonight. And that shows you how tough it is for that team to win games. Uh, I mean, the Skills scored almost six and they were still having to sweat it out. That just kind of shows you where they are. I, I just don't think they could keep up with the Grizz in, in a, in a seven-game series, I think. They tire them out, especially, man, if you're going on the road. I I really do. And that's another, just like I said with the Pelicans, it wouldn't surprise me if the Grizzlies swept them. I mean, the Lakers might win a game or two just because you might have LeBron just getting into the playoffs. You know he's going to go nuclear at some point. He might win a game, maybe two for you. But they don't don't scare me at all, man. No – really no rim protection on their team. And LeBron can score 30-40, and you can see, and they would probably still get blown out. We've seen that time in and time out. I mean, he had to score fifty-six. In order for them to get a win, I mean, how often is he going to score fifty six at thirty seven years old? I, I just I don't fear that team at all. We've seen in the matchup, Grizzlies should have swept them this year. They had a close when a job missed the free throws late there in the first matchup in L.A. Uh, they had an opportunity to win that game, and, and they won the other three uh, with with very limited resistance uh, from from the Lakers. I think the first game here, Lakers played pretty well in that first quarter, first half, but who is really kind of dominated them in the second half. And I, I just that team, I'm, I'm not afraid of them. I just think they're an older team. The roster construction is terrible, and if they're not knocking down threes, which most nights they're not, they have some nights where Reeves and, and Carmelo Anthony kind of like tonight will knock down shots, and that can help. But on most nights, they're not knocking down shots like that, and that's the big thing for them. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't worry about the Lakers at all.
1: I'm in the same boat on the, on that one. There's just LeBron James four years ago three years ago he's still playing at an extremely high level he went out tonight went crazy you know that that is still in him but his I just don't believe that his ability to carry a team and like through a series I, I don't think it's still there I've you know, father, I was... father time is undefeated <sighs>
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's what I've been saying for, for the last couple of weeks from him, and I've been having a lot of LeBron stands, like, in my minutes, jumping on my case, and what I'm saying is that, I mean, there and, and there's this narrative that, and I don't want to get off subject here just quickly, there's a narrative that none of what's going on is on him, and I just, I think he's still at a level where there should be a baseline of expectations. I know the roster, the roster is bad. He's 37 years old, but he's still averaging 30 points a game. Like, this is statistical wise, he's only had three other seasons in his career where he's ordered, uh, scored more points than he scored this year and had better numbers. And and you see what he can do tonight, he's not going to do that every night. But I think for the guy that some people call the goat, like even with a, a bad roster, I think I don't think being a play in team and not getting blown out by bad teams on your home floor is too much to ask of a guy that's looked at the way he's looked at. I just think the fact that he hasn't been able to elevate the team, that's what we were just talking about, seemingly at all, other than tonight. I mean, this is one of the first time we've seen this in a while. I, I, I think that does have some bearing on him. It doesn't change anything that he's done in his career. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all times. But I do think him them getting blown out night in and night out by sometimes even bad teams on their own floor. I just think he should be able to elevate them a little bit better than that. It's, I, it's been kind of surprising to me that he hasn't been able to. And that's, again, a reason why that team doesn't fear me, because I don't think, On both nights, he just doesn't seem to have a huge effect on winning, even when he's putting up big-time numbers.
1: Obviously, it's different in the playoffs. But how much difference are you going to see? I think a lot of the fan base, a lot of people, when they look at that and they see the names on that roster, they're scared of the names. Because if you've watched this team play, there's nothing that they've done this year that should strike fear. Nothing. That's I, I get it if Anthony Davis is healthy. I'm not saying that the Grizzlies are going to go in and just you know stomp every one of these teams, but the Grizzlies can legitimately beat you any there's not a team in basketball that you can completely roll the Grizzlies out against. There's not a single team you you can look at. Philly in the East, you you go to the top of the East, you know, Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, Chicago, Boston, Cleveland, you look at those teams, but you got to throw Brooklyn in there. You list those teams. There's nobody that I think is just going to sweep the Grizzlies out of there. There's nobody that's going to run the Grizzlies out of the gym. And that's across the league. And yes, obviously some matchups are tougher there are a lot of factors in that Lakers matchup that would make a difference. If Anthony Davis is not back and he's not healthy, I think the Lakers have slightly less than 0% chance of winning that series. <laughs> yeah. And I mean- just like, but just anything can happen in basketball, but it's a long shot at that point. And then you move on to the Clippers, who, are not healthy. Their two best players are out. We still don't know if Paul George is going to return. The last update we got said that if he does return, it's going to be like the very last week of the regular season. And there's not really been an update on Kawhi Leonard. That team is obviously still constructed with some good players, but I don't think that matchup is tough for the Grizzlies either. There's not. they, They made the trade. They went out. They got Robert Covington. They got Norm Powell. Norm Powell goes down with an injury and so that team was trying to boost its roster to where okay maybe they can be a threat but then you lose norm powell and now where does your offensive load go obviously if paul george is back you've got him that you can kind of lean on although in the playoffs he, he's been shaky at times you got reggie jackson that, that's capable they're they're good players on that team marcus morris is a guy that when he was in new york he was able to put the ball in the basket pretty easily he's a guy that can go out and get buckets good ball player but there's no way that you can sit there and tell me with a straight face that you think that this team is going to be favored over the Grizzlies or that the Grizzlies should be scared of this team even healthy even if they had Kawhi and Paul George healthy the way that the Grizzlies the level that the Grizzlies are playing at this year even a fully healthy Clippers team does not scare me
0: no, and because this Grizzlies team is elite, and there's a lot of people that still don't want to accept it. Like, this is too big of a sample size. A lot of people think this is like some kind of fool's goal or mirage, and I, and I don't understand that. I mean, you look at the top teams in the league, and the Grizzlies have beat all of them, some of them multiple times. I, I just don't get this chick, chicken little attitude that you get from a lot of fans. Like, well, they're up there. with are the number two seed right now, second-best record in the West, and you still have – people like, oh well, they're not quite as good as the other top team. Why aren't they? Like what evidence the evidence do you have that they're not? Like I mean I don't understand that mentality. I mean what if, if you think Phoenix Gold State, you, you wouldn't say Phoenix, Gold State, Utah, any of those teams would lose to the Clippers in a series. So why would why would why should those teams scare the Grizzlies? I mean the Grizzlies are right there with those teams. They beat those teams some of them multiple times. This is real uh with the Grizzlies. I know they made a, a, a huge leap, and that scares you. But, I mean, this is not – we're like like 60-something games into the season. This is not a fluke anymore. I mean, we've even seen this team – we've seen this Grizzly team do this with guys down. Still haven't had Dylan Brooks most of the season. Jaws missed 13 games. You saw what they did without him. This is a complete team. And uh, as you said, man, I'm right there with you. Nobody scares me. Are, they, are the Grizzlies going to win the championship this year? I don't know. But I'm not going to see any series saying, oh, man, this is just crazy, man. There's no way we're going to win this series. I don't feel like that about anybody uh, on either side, the, the West or the East. And, and that's just where I am right now because I feel like the Grizz are an elite team. They have the second-best record in, in the NBA for a reason, and that's that's that. I mean, I, I feel like this team can compete with anybody.
1: There's 16 games over 500 against the Western Conference, and these are the teams – that you're talking about, oh, I I don't want to face them. Going from from below the Grizzlies, you cannot name more than three guys. And there's arguments for Ja against those three even. You can't name three guys, more than three guys from, heck, even in the entire West, you can't name more than three guys that are playing at a higher level than Ja Morant this year. You can argue Steph Curry. He's fallen off a lot since what he started. He started off pretty good. He stumbled whenever he got close to the record, and then things have been kind of wonky. He's playing a little bit better lately. But to me, I think Jai has played better this year than Steph. Donovan Mitchell would be the best player on the Utah Jazz. He's been injured. He's not playing at the same level he normally plays at. Luka Doncic is a guy that you could argue, okay, he's had a good year. He's playing well. He had a fantastic last month got this Mavs team turned around and they're heading up instead of down. So you can talk about that one and you can talk about Nikola Jokic, but there's nobody else. There's not another player yeah, it. that you can put in that conversation. LeBron James is, is great. And his numbers look good this year, but he's not playing at the level that John Moran is playing. He's not, it's not even close. And I'm not sitting here saying that LeBron or that Ja has passed LeBron as a, that that's a, a ignorant thing. You don't. He's he's too young. He's not there yet. But this season, John Moran is playing at a higher level than almost anybody in the West. Again, there's a few guys that you can talk about. That's what it takes. Is, what I was
0: gonna say. I was gonna say. Duncic is the only one that I would really really have a conversation with you on. I, I just think. I, yeah. and, and, and you're right. Like Donovan Mitchell, he's had the injuries. I guess Jokic. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to want to take Jokic That, out would, of the that would be what the he's only doing. two. Yeah.
1: Doncic and Jokic yeah, would Jokic be the only two. I think that you can argue and maybe make a case for over job ja rant for MVP. I, I, I'm i not listening to anybody else, man. It just, it doesn't, you don't have enough evidence. There's not enough weight to back anybody else that you want to talk about. If Chris Paul doesn't go down and he stays healthy the way that the, the Suns team has been playing, maybe you could talk about him, but. You've got Devin Booker that was playing at a high level all yeah, year as well. Exactly. So, you know, which one of those guys are you picking one A or one B there? And I, I even both of those guys, I still think Ja was playing at a higher level. I know that Phoenix their record is better. I get that, I understand it. But I don't think people, and especially it's nuts because the Grizzlies don't get re- enough respect nationally. And now we're looking at it and there's fans that are not giving them what they deserve with that. Jaron Jackson Jr. Has he is going to 100% be on an all defensive team. Maybe first. he should be, he should be like, defensive
0: player of the year. Though yeah, he, he
1: can definitely be in that conversation. I don't know analytically how he lines up. And I know a lot of that, that award is based off of analytics I don't know exactly what they use there, but he's got to be in that conversation because he's playing insane right now. This team is not the same team as it was last year. You, we continue to go up the board. The Minnesota Timberwolves, would that be a tough matchup for the Grizzlies? Yes. Out of the, any of the teams that we've talked about so far, I definitely the play in teams for sure. Yeah. Minnesota is a team they're playing well. Like I said that they're uh, seven games over 500. And since right before the All-Star break, they started getting things going and they've been playing well. Carl Anthony Towns presents a problem. D'Angelo Russell is another guy that could be a problem. Yeah, Anthony Edwards B. is a guy that can be a problem. You got Malik Beasley coming off of the bench. Patrick Beverly is a good defender. I don't care for him at all, not even a little bit. <laughs> um, But – He's a guy that can be impactful. So they have weapons on that team, and that's the team when you're coming through the the play-in teams, that's the one team in the play-in that could possibly be a tough matchup. But you can't take this last game that the Grizzlies lost to them and say, well, the Grizzlies would lose that series. And we saw people – No Dylan Brooks. Yeah. You you have – it's that's enough in and of itself. D'Angelo Russell does not go. He go off the way that he does. If Dylan Brooks is on the floor, period. And that, that game ends differently. A seven game series. I think Minnesota wins a couple games in that series. I think it goes six or seven, but the Grizzlies will be favored. And I think they win that series. And then you move up from there to the Denver nuggets. And all I'm hearing about is all oh, well, MPJ and Murray's going to be back to what extent, and Murray's been out for over a year now with his injury. What type, What level is he going to be able to play at? Look at what Jaron was when he came back. He wasn't himself at the end of last year. He didn't have his legs under him. He, he played well. But Jamal Murray is not going to be able to come back and make the impact that people think that he's going to be able to make. He's not going to be – there's a difference between being in shape and being in NBA game shape. And that's not just me talking as a guy that covers the Grizzlies as a fan of the Grizzlies, you can talk to anybody that knows the game and they will tell you there's a massive difference between being in shape and being in game shape. And Jamal Murray just doesn't have enough time between now and the end of the season to get back into game shape. Not saying uh, again, there's a number of these teams that could give the Grizzlies problems but I don't want to dodge anybody, whoever, whoever they get, that's who they get. Bring it on.
0: Yeah. I mean, with, with the nuggets, like, I, like, as you said, with Jamal Murray, there's no way he's going to be the Jamal Murray that we saw pre-injury at, at, any point this season. And same thing with Michael Porter Jr. When you're dealing with back injuries, that's something that like, you can't trust it at all. He might come back and, and be right back out. Like you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Um. So, I mean, the Jamal Murray thing, like I said, I don't, I don't think that's the biggest issue. Would a matchup with Denver be tough? Yeah, I mean, even if those guys don't play, I don't think the Grizzlies sweep them or anything like that. But again, man, I look at this Grizzlies team as one of the best teams in the NBA. They have the second-best record in the NBA. Man, why are you scared of scared of these teams? I mean, the playoffs are going to be tough. They're supposed to be tough. You're not going to go in there and dominate every team that you play. But I think if you look at the, at the Nuggets, Grizzlies are going to have home-court advantage. If that no matter what in that series that I just think the Grizzlies are good enough and I think they will find a way to win that series even in a tough matchup and I just don't think Jamal Murray again is not going to be the player that we saw pre-injury I mean that's a tough injury he's been out almost a year it takes a while to recover from that he's not going to come back in there and just be the guy that he was before the injury and again with MPJ Jr. you just don't know what that's going to look like when he comes back because I mean he was supposed to be built at the beginning of this year and you saw how that happened he had to end up going out again so See how that plays out. I mean, I think Denver is, is a, a big question mark. I think if they get both of those guys back and they're playing decently, I think that does take them up another level, but I'm still not scared to play them.
1: Yeah. it's You move on from Denver to Dallas, and I get the DeLuca conversation. We've witnessed him will his team to victory. But the one thing that this Mavericks team done when they traded away Christop Porzingis, they traded away their rim protector. Steven Adams will little man this team. Steven Adams will wreak havoc. In a seven-game series against the Mavericks, Steven Adams is probably going to average 11 offensive rebounds. The wide pal, he can't play with him. He's not strong enough. The maxi cleaver. Maxi he, Cleaver, no, right? like he's he's not big enough. They they can't do it. And if you bring Bobon out, that's got the body to get down there and bang with Steven Adams, then you're in trouble defensively because if you get switch, if you get Bobon switched on to Ja Moran, it's a layup all day. So they they traded away their rim protector, and I will never discount Luca. He's phenomenal. I said something about this on, on uh, Twitter the other day. This whole narrative of you can't like Luca, Trey, and John Moran is stupid. All three of those guys are fantastic. They're going to be the face of the league moving forward as LeBron phases out. Giannis is obviously going to be in there as well. Giannis is not old by any stretch, but as this old guard begins to change, you know the, the LeBron James era as that begins to change. LeBron James, Chris Paul, all of these guys begin to age out. These young guards are going to be the face of the league. You can root for all of them. I'm not going to root for them whenever they're playing against the Grizzlies or when it's going to affect the Grizzlies. But Luka Doncic is a hell of a player, so I'm I'm yep. never going to I love to watch you play. him and what he's capable of. But again, I, I th- there are a lot of things that Memphis does. That Dallas has no answer for, and there's stuff that the like Spencer Dinwiddie played crazy good tonight. Yeah, he, he's I, been I he's thought, been
0: really good for them. I, I thought not I, sure, I didn't think it would I'm like, be my
1: like, man. This is bad for the grizzlies if the Kings beat the Mavericks here. And I know where you're at, of, you know the Kings are pretty far down there. They're only three wins behind the Lakers, there are a lot more losses, but only three wins behind the, the Lakers in the win column. So, anybody behind the Lakers, I'm rooting for them to lose right now because the Grizzlies, the way it's looking right now, they're not going to get that pick. So, we need to root for Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, Oklahoma City, and the Rockets all to continue to lose. Some of those teams are so far down, it doesn't matter. But I think New Orleans, no Pelicans in there. Yeah. The the, uh, Kings are kind of right at that threshold where it's not likely that they're going to catch the Lakers, but if they get hot, it is a possibility. So there's matchup issues for the Mavericks, and I know we, we talk about Dylan Brooks and who, how he's going to match up against guys, and I know that he's not a superhero and he's not going to shut Luca down, but he's going to make it tough on him. He's a physical defender. That That would be an insane – I would kind of like to see that matchup in the second round. I would like to see Dallas in the second round just because I want to see Luka versus Ja.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 lo- I would love to see that. I understand why people look at Dallas and any of these teams as, as being a bad matchup because they slow it down. I think the slowest pace in the league and, and the Grizzlies like to get out and run. I think that's kind of a contrast of styles. Uh, but but I, I just think in a seven-game series, we haven't seen – Dylan Brooks uh in these games I think in a seven game series I think the Grizzlies win I, I just do I think Dylan Brooks makes that much of a difference Luca's gonna get he is against anybody like you're not gonna shut Luca down but I, I think I just look at the Grizzlies roster overall um and you mentioned earlier when you trade Christopher Zinkas away we saw in that last game how he just wrecked wreaked havoc against this Grizzlies team not having him I mean Stephen Adams, like you said on the inside with him, him and Jaron Jackson Jr. should just eat against this Mavericks team and, and I just think over seven games, the Grizzlies will find a way to win. I think it'll be a long series. I think it could go six to seven, but with, with home court advantage. And I just look at the rosters overall when you look at the depth and the guys off the bench, I think the Grizzlies just have a better team uh, than, than Dallas. And I think over a seven game series, the better team usually wins out.
1: In the playoffs, I feel like having the best player on the floor always gives you a chance. And John Morant plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. There's going to be a lot of nights where he's the best player on that floor. A lot of nights. And I think that, that that's going to happen a lot more frequently as he continues to grow in his career. But this year, even heading into the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of nights where he's the best player on the floor. And anytime you got the best player on the floor, you got a chance. The, the next team below him, the Utah Jazz. And this, again, kind of some funky things you, you could see – so Memphis versus Utah Memphis versus Dallas in the first round would most likely be like a four or five matchup if it happens. Yeah. Um, so th- things would have to be kind of weird from here in order for either of those two matchups to happen in the first round. But out of anybody that we talked about, the jazz is a team that out of any of them, I-, I think is, is the toughest matchup because of the way the Grizzlies make their money. The You know, get out and transition and run, attack the paint. It's really, really hard to attack the paint. It's really hard to outscore teams in the paint when they have one of the best defensive big men in the league and Rudy Gobert. We, we saw what the Jazz were able to do to them last year, beat them 4-1 to one after the, the Grizzlies won the first game without Donovan Mitchell. But I go back to where I first started in this conversation, the Grizzlies are on a different level this year. And I'm not saying they're on a different level as in they're above the Jazz and they're, you know, way better. But this team, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark was not playing the way that he is. You know, you could run through the list of guys and the way that they're playing right now. They were not playing at this level last year against the Jazz. So they have a shot to beat the Jazz. I think out of anybody that we've discussed, this would be the matchup that I would most like to avoid. But if it happens, it happens.
0: Yeah, I think out of anybody in the West, I think Utah is probably the team, if I had to pick one, I the preferred the Grizzlies out at the face. I think they would be the ones, just like you said, because of how tough Rudy Gobert is on the inside. The Grizzlies make their money uh, by, by scoring in the paint. He, he just makes it extremely tough, but to, to your point, I think John Morant now is at a level where, you, you kind of what we talked about about Luca. I don't care how good you are, you're not going to shut him down completely. I mean, he's going to get his points somehow some way that he, he's going to he's going to end up scoring and, and get, getting his. And you're not going to completely shut him down, and last year that wasn't exactly the case. We saw teams blitz him and him really struggle in games and kind of disappear at times when teams really made it hard on him. And teams have tried it this year, and they, they've had some success at times, but still in those games, he usually ends up scoring 25 points or at minimum. I mean, he's still able to find ways, more ways to score and get his teammates involved. And I don't think it's going to be as easy for them as it was last year to shut down the Grizzlies. I think having Steven Adams helps in that vein. I think it was a terrible matchup for, for Jonas Valanciunas. He wasn't able to score. And he was such a big part of that team offensively, especially when you didn't have Jaron Jared right. Uh, he had just came back and wasn't, himself i think they really need those points inside from jones Valentinus. and i don't think that's the case this year with steven adams And, and steven adams is a little bit better defensively i just think this year they're on another level and i think the steven adams swap for jb helps them in that and i think ja going to the level that he is now just makes that a different series it would be extremely tough again i think i'd rather match up with phoenix uh than utah if you gave me the choice i think that's probably the worst matchup but again i don't fear anybody in the nba like if the Grizzlies go to the finals, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think that that's how much I believe in the ability of this team because they're just on a different level right now and they don't fear anybody uh going into a series. And especially, man, if, if you're two seed, you looking at home court advantage in the first and second round, man, I, I feel like they would have a really good shot to make it to the Western Conference Finals if they get that two seed. And Utah, again, a tough matchup, but I don't fear them going to that series because I just feel like the Grizzlies are on a different level. And why should they be? afraid of Utah. Utah's a really good team, but so are the Grizzlies. I mean, that's where we are right now.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't go and bet money that the Grizzlies are going to win the title this year, but it I, it wouldn't shock me because of the level that they're playing at and what they're doing, how they've been able to do it. They've done it without John Morant. They've been missing key pieces all year. There are a lot of things that they're doing that it, it's sustainable One concern where there's two things that concern me going into any playoff series for the Grizzlies, that's their half-court offense and free throws. Those two things make so much difference in the playoffs when things slow down and their half-court offense, I was looking through the numbers and the Grizzlies are among the best in the league in transition scoring. They're among the best in the league in handoff scoring and then there was one other category, maybe catch and shoot, where they were they were pretty good. But then you look at the other offensive stats, the pick and roll and coming off of a screen and stuff like that. They're in the bottom half. They the things that point to half court offense. The Grizzlies are in the bottom half to leave, yeah. fifteenth yep. or worse. And you're not going to be able to get out and run on teams. As much as they are in the regular season when you get to the postseason. But I, I had this conversation earlier. S- somebody was talking about John ja Moran and him, you know, not passing the ball. There's not enough ball movement. And I agree that the offense, when they're moving the ball, when you see passes, there was one sequence in this game tonight against Orlando. And I can't remember who started off with the ball, but it got to John Conchar. And John Conchar double hand over the head pass all the way across the floor to BC in the corner. BC then passed the ball over to Bain. Bain back the jaw. And they they made like six passes, got a wide open look, knocked down the bucket. When they move the ball like that, the offense tends to work very, very well. But you want the ball in your best player's hands. And, and I've, yes. I've kind of I, I've – I've turned on this a little bit because initially I'm like, Moving the ball works, they do well when they move the ball, when they run, you know, like multiple handoffs, running guys all over the floor. The offense looks good, but then you get into these situations where they're running almost like an ISO offense for Ja, and that's okay too, because of the level that he's playing at. What's gonna happen to that in the in the playoffs? I, I couldn't tell you, I have no idea, but this team. Is legit and it's time that we stop being scared. Yeah, the Grizzlies have never won a championship. We all know that. Western Conference, that's been the best. That's that's the best that they've done. But look at the John Morant commercial. Why not? Why tell me why they cannot win the championship this year? And there, there's not there's not a legitimate reason. There's nobody If they make it out of the Western Conference, there's nobody in the East that that scares me. And and that's, you know, if they whatever team makes it out of the East is gonna be a good team. So it'll be a a a good matchup, but there's nobody that they can't play with coming out of the East.
0: No, I I I really I really don't think I mean that's again, that's why it wouldn't surprise me if they won a championship this year. I would bet on it, but I think with the the level that they're playing I think they have that type of ability and I think when you talk about the half court office I think Dylan Brooks it's going to help that having another guy that the guy that can create outside of job I think it's going to make a world of difference if he gets back and he's right I don't think people we talk about the defense that, that he brings the perimeter defense that he brings but I don't think enough of his shot creation and what he's going to add like you have job having to try to create everything and you add Dylan a guy that scores that the clip that he does and it creates shots I think that really kind of changes some things and makes it harder for teams to kind of blitz and impact the paint because, I mean, he can get shots in the the lane and knock down shots from the perimeter. I think he's going to really, really help in that, and I don't think that aspect of his game gets brought up up enough. People just kind of talk about his defense, and don't forget this guy was averaging basically 20 points a game. I think people forget that.
1: And the Jazz series last year – he was insane. He was clearly
0: the second offense. best
1: player on this yeah. team, Either and way. it wasn't even close. Like, there there was no – love, Jaron. This year, the second best player on this team is Jaron Jackson Jr., but last year in the playoffs, Dylan, Brooks, Dylan was, Brooks was your number two, and there was no doubt about it. Extremely efficient, played his ass off on the defensive end against Donovan Mitchell. And they're adding him back to this roster. He hasn't been playing. He's missed, What's that? I think it counts like 24 games now. Yeah. He's missed. And so here we are, 17 games away from the playoffs. It's, it's good to have this conversation right now. Candace and I talked about it as to how, you know, the, the last few years we're looking at the play and, okay, are they going to hang in? Are they going to make it? What's going to happen? And this year they're comfortably in the playoffs. They would have to, it, it would have to be catastrophic failure. In order for this team to drop into the play in at this point, it's just not likely. And I do not keep you right that dead, dead horse, man. There, there's at 44 wins. Yeah, seven, they're
0: eight games, eight games up right now on, yeah. on the play in. What they got? Seventeen set, left. Yeah. Seventeen
1: left. I mean, so they, they probably they have, to, have to win, have
0: only to. win like three more games or something for the rest of the season. You know, yeah. it it would be tough. Like, and every everybody else would have to go crazy. Like, they'd have to win almost all their games. It would it would be. If they're, they're, they're not going to be in the play, I think we can pretty much safely safely say that right now. I think the question now yeah. is can they stay at number two, or does Phoenix have a, a fall? Which I don't think they're going to fall there for, but who knows? I mean, uh, you, you just never know what's going to happen night in, night out. But I, I feel pretty good that they're going to be somewhere in that top four and at least have home court advantage in the first round right now.
1: Yeah, you look at the gap, you know, we talked about the eight game gap from two to, to seven. And then, you know, it's an eight-game gap from one to two. I know it's so weird. So, <laughs> it's, it's really – it's not likely. Phoenix was playing extremely well before they started battling these injuries. Cam so, Johnson, man,
0: big oh, shot man. last night, man. I thought yeah, thought, that, he, thought we were going to get a late Phoenix loss, man. But Cam Johnson, crazy, okay. crazy shot there. Dan, if you didn't see it, man, go check that out, man. The crazy shot game, winner last night.
1: Tar, the, the Tar Heel legend Cam Johnson <laughs> tearing it up. I, I think we'll just wrap it up, man. That's I, I want to discuss that because to me, having a conversation of yeah, are the Timberwolves a tough matchup? Could they be a tough matchup? Sure. But I there's not a team. We shouldn't have a conversation about any team that they could face in the playoffs and say, I don't want to face them. I, I don't care how it goes down. I don't if they end up facing the Warriors in the first round on some crazy stuff, bring it. I, I'm not scared of it. It's going to be – it's a measuring stick. You're really going to see when it gets down to playoff time, if this team is missing anything at all, you're going to find out come playoffs regardless of who they're facing. And I I just believe with every part of me watching this team, almost – I think that I've caught every game except for a couple this year. At the level that they're playing, there's no team that they can't beat. Anybody can beat anybody, and when you're playing at the level that they're playing, you can beat a lot more.
0: Excuse me. When you have, when you have a guy like Ja, I just think his mentality, like I think he has something special. Like you see superstar players, and you talk about LeBron, and there's something special. Michael Jordan had it. Kobe Bryant had it. And I know Ja's in year three, and it might not bear out to winning the championship this year. But I, I fully believe the Grizzlies one day are going to win one because Ja is just wired different than a lot of these guys. Like, he just – he's a killer, man. And I I just think – and that's why you have a chance. You have Ja Morant on your team. And, and this team has a lot of talent outside of him. You have a shot against anybody. And, and that's how I feel going through these playoffs, man. I don't fear any of these teams. I, I think they're going to be ready to go. You're gonna, you you are gonna add another killer until it goes back to this team. And, man, let, let's, let's play some basketball, man. I, I feel – confident for this team going into any series and I think it's going to be fun and we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think you kind of playing with house money because I think this team is going to be really, really good for years to come but man, like you said earlier, man, the John commercial, why not? Why not this year? man? Why not do it in, in, in year three, man? They've done some crazy stuff. Nobody expected them to be here. We're talking about second best record in NBA right now, man. Nobody expected that. So why not win the championship? Nobody expected that and nobody expected that either. So and I think that's kind of the mentality. I mean, I think Ja knows that there's a lot of people that still don't believe in them, and he uses all that kind of stuff for, for motivation. And I think he's going to be highly motivating these playoffs to show that he's here and he's ready to lead this team to, to greatness, man. And that's that's where we are.
1: 67 games into the season, still getting doubt, but it's Memphis. It, it, it's what <laughs> happens, man. Memphis versus everybody. We, we know that's how it is. That's how it has been. That's how it will. That's how it's probably always going to be. But we'll go ahead and wrap it up. The final score again of tonight's game, I I want to apologize. We didn't talk about this game very much. But this was a game the Grizzlies needed to go out and handle business. they done that. Great performances from guys tonight. Great to see Desmond Bain getting it, go, getting it going. Kyle Anderson kind of being back to Kyle Anderson. Tyus Jones playing well. A lot of positives that you can go through and talk about in this game. Final score, 124-96. to Grizzlies win 44-21 now on the season. It's we're we're getting getting close, so close to the playoffs now, but we'll get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at David W2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man.
0: Yeah, man. I talked about this this eight-game stretch, man. It started off one and oh. they're definitely gonna be favorite in with, with all eight of these games are favorite tonight, big time favorite, minus uh, 11 point favorite going into Houston tomorrow night. So got to take care of business, man. If they want to be that two seed and, and, and see what happens with Phoenix and possibly get it in the base for the one seed, got to get on a run here. Uh, again, man, franchise record. I would love to see them break that because I feel like this is the best team in franchise history. And I would love to see that solidified in the record books with them reaching 57 wins. So we're 13-4 and four away from that. So get on a roll here, man. Win, win all eight of these games, man. Like you said, why not? But you can find me on Twitter at That's Isaac underscore rivals. I-S-A-A-C. Underscore rivals Grizzlies take on the rocket, 6 p.m. tomorrow night. We'll be back with the post game. Hopefully talking about another Grizz victory. Uh going, going into the new week, so make sure you go check us out at, at those Grizzlies with the like us the follow there. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Until then, you we know. come.